I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. I am loving. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Glacé Film Club podcast. Yes, here we are again to chat about a film, dig deeply into it, but you know the drill by now, it's not just me, it's my good friend, confidant, film expert and enthusiast, Callum, hello, how are you doing? Good evening, is it evening or afternoon? Good evening. Good evening. 20, good evening. Twenty past good seven. Evening. Good evening. I'm very. That's class as the evening. Yeah, we'll say yeah. I'm very very well. Um, I've just uh, I was just saying to you off my. I've just finished work. I had to get get it all out. Like, we said yeah, a bit we of had a, a good good bit of ranting before this. A good therapy session, but um, can't I can't can't let the can't let the the chaos of the day come on to come into the podcast. Can't allow it Once to... that mic goes live, the consummate professional. Oh, absolutely. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that. Um, professional <laughs> with a very, 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 very small um, P that is you can't really see. Um, hey, that rhymes. Uh, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. Um, looking forward to another bank holiday. Yes, yes, just around the corner now. Something to thank the Victorians for their obsession with <laughs> some obsession what with leisure. Up, Callum? Um. What do I have lined up? I'm going actually. I'm going to see Feeder on Friday. Oh, lovely! Um, Real throwback. Yeah, sort of like a loud guitar band. Um, and then Saturday, I've got a bar crawl. That's 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 that, that's the plan. I might nip home a, and say a classic also. bank holiday. One may say. Well, exactly. Exactly. Like I mean, well, if if it was a classic bank holiday, you'd go out drinking on the Sunday. Which I might do. That is true. But we I don't know. <laughs> Let's not rule anything out at this stage. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Looking forward to, like I said, the Victorians did something well for us. Their obsession with Absolutely. leisure has given us multiple bank holidays. I can't wait for the Queen's bank holiday. Give me a reason to like That's them. Give me a reason to like them. A real biggie. And uh, I was reading today, Deborah Meaden's leading a campaign to make it a permanent bank holiday. So let, let's hope she succeeds. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, she, maybe that's maybe that's her new business ploy. Like her businesses are doing rubbish, so we'll just say, "Oh, let's you know say something nice about the Queen, and people will like it." Right. <laughs> She's a strange figure had to had to lead the campaign, but hey, somebody's got to do it. So good on you, Deborah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Maximum support for Deborah Meaden. Lovely. Well, I hope yeah. you have a delightful bank holiday, Callum. We'll dive in as always. I'm sure you'll have some tales to tell this time next week. But I tell you what, it's not this time next week. It's now, and we have got another film to dive into. The film this week is Boiling Point. Quite a recent release. It was a little run in cinemas and then was out on Netflix. But Callum, we watched it on Netflix. Could you tell us a little bit about it, please? So, yeah, I can. Um it's a movie uh, starring, obviously it's a movie, what else would it be? Um, <laughs> starring Stephen Graham, um, came out in 2021. Um, it's a movie basically about a up-and-coming uh, restaurant in um, central London. And uh, Stephen Graham plays a character called uh, Andy Jones. He's the head chef at this uh this restaurant and the movie it's all shot on one one it's one shot film basically set in this restaurant kitchen um 
and it basically takes you through the chaos of what it's like working in a in a very busy fast-paced very um sort of uh yeah up-and-coming expectant restaurant basically um it starts off with the restaurant being downgraded from a five-star health and safety to a three so you already know that that sets the scene really um starting off with that low point you kind of know hence the given name boiling point it's going to get progressively worse as the as the movie goes on um it later transpires that um Andy has got quite a lot of mental health problems. He's suffering with alcoholism and drug addiction. Um, and I guess it's just a kind of... It's quite a dark movie as it as it gets... As, as the movie progresses, it, it, its tone gets darker. Um, and it's kind of an, an analysis of sort of the hyper-masculine uh, kitchen. An analysis of work and life identity and how those two are blended um it's about the hospitality industry the restaurant i guess represents a petri dish of human existence and how people interact with one another within the restaurant setting um it's quite schizophrenic actually that's how i describe it it's a bit the the mood is very intense and it changes a lot as the as the movie goes on um which I'm sure we'll delve deeper in a, over the next 25 minutes. Thank you very much, Callum. Sorry. As always, a lovely synopsis there. My first reaction to it was something that built throughout and then the payoffs at the end is that it's exactly as described in the title. I think the title is fantastic. Boiling point. Obviously, you've got that play on words there, but it is exactly that. As you said, it starts off with this first issue with the health inspector downgrading them from a five to a three but the tension builds and builds and builds and that's exactly i think the success of the film is the impact it has on the audience i often say on this podcast callum i think you've got two key components of a film for it to be successful firstly something to go away and think about afterwards and be impacted by but secondly you actually have to give the audience some kind of emotion as they're watching it it's not enough just to pose a question to think about after you need the experience to be there and i think absolutely succeeds in giving that full experience to the audience is that from that first 10 minutes where you get an intrigue about who's this guy is he struggling a bit what's this restaurant what's going on here to the calamities that ensue the tensions that build and then obviously rounded off with this one-shot technique which gives no respite from the building drama is that it absolutely does come to a boiling point it does exactly what it says in the title and i found myself watching it wanting the respite of cutting away and that's the absolute joy of the one-shot approach and i think you've got to to make it work you have to execute it really well it's tricky to pull off i think they did but also it only works in certain scenarios and this is a scenario which worked really well because the whole plot is just essentially a huge rise of tension to a crescendo at the end and it this amplifies it by having that one shot there's so many times where i wanted a cut away to release that tension or i wanted to look away myself because you can see what's coming and with the one shot, you have to watch every step of that tension play out. 
So I thought it was a great experience film in that sense. In terms of takeaways and big questions for yourself and for the audience, I don't think necessarily it was a big thinker. There are some themes we can dig into, and I'm sure we'll figure out some bits as we chat about it. But what I think this film was a real film for the audience and for the experience in firstly building the tension and giving you something to really watch and feel immersed in. But also, I think quite simply, and often we do think of bigger and wider themes on this, but I think what this wants to do quite simply as well is give an insight into the hospitality industry and the toxic environment that it can be. And even though I've not worked in hospitality, you watch that and you think, you know what, that feels like what it's like. It feels pretty real. And I like that from this film. So I'd say as a kind of film that immerses you in experience, that was the biggest success of it. How did you feel from that first reaction after watching it? No, definitely. I mean, I I felt quite exhausted after it. Um, Not necessarily because I didn't enjoy it, but just exhausted because um, it is that that sweeping one-shot. You are just immersed in the chaos every aspect of the movie you are a part of, you're a participant in it from when, you know, Stephen Graham's character is snorting cocaine and necking bottles of vodka to um, uncovering that one of the young training chefs has been self-harming to the bin guy that's dealing drugs in the back yard, in the the alley to, you know, people crying in the toilet to the the woman that has the, the allergic reaction because they mess up the the allergy um, messages and things like that. You are a participant in every aspect of the chaos. And I, I left just feeling like, oh, I feel like I've just been put through a washing machine. Yeah. And I quite like that. I, that, that was what I quite liked about it. Um, yeah, it was a tough watch in that sense. It was, yeah. And like the, um, you know, obviously the, the, the crescendo of it all is that, you know, his, he collapses um, and and dies and then it's just like that absolute stillness and all you can hear is people shouting oh my god Andy 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 are you Andy and then um, that really melancholic Sam Fender tune starts playing and it's like oh that's rough that's dark that's really yeah. dark but like End you off. kind of yeah literally and, you, and you, you kind of the restaurant has kind of just killed him mentally and physically um, and like and you can see other people on the cusp of perhaps going down that that road um because of the the pressures of trying to sort of navigate who they think they should be in this environment there's a lot of characters in the environment of that movie that shouldn't really be there like in theory anyway you know what i mean like kind of mm-hmm. i mean you've got act aspiring actors you've got like people that genuinely care about cooking but then you've got people that just want to be seen there because of who actually goes there like the 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 waitress that takes the bookings for example she's there to be seen there she wants to be seen to be doing this particular role this particular job and it's like the whole restaurant is kind of like you know a petri dish of society because i said to you off mic like Every character in that movie, well, not not every character, every member of the the public that the characters engage with, I've probably met and seen all of those people at some point in my life, mm-hmm. all the you know all the way from you know pie animals to racists, and it's it like it feels like a good representation of 
modern Britain, but the negatives yes, I... of modern Britain. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It, it is that, isn't it? It's like every aspect of modern Britain that you that you don't like is in that restaurant. But then it's like the implication is it's like, well, these are the people that make the world go around and the people who work in the restaurant have to kind of indulge that chaos. And that's why I think what the that's why I described it in the sort of the opening um synopsis as kind of like a schizophrenic movie. Because it is just a complete sort of chaos of personality in 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 the film um i quite liked it for that reason actually i thought it was yeah it 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 it, it gave you a sort of it didn't give you any let up but it gave you a sort of lens to sort of view people mm-hmm. i think it was almost you were like kind of like a hovering drone through the the restaurant almost like a fly fly on the wall i guess yeah and i like what you said there in terms of the um the clients the customers um feeling like it's a representation of the negatives of modern britain absolutely because it is that kind of oh look these are the people who are being catered for they're the people we value in society so the negatives are the guy who's def- who's like new money and is mm. is implied you see him um in, in his racist he's never kind of outwardly but you can tell by how he interacts with <clears throat> the the black waitress and there is how she talks to her it's like this guy is um is racist and all, but yet she has to perform like a role for him and be like okay well no you're the customer i'll do this and it's the same with everyone else he's kind of the worst end of it but then you've got the guys who are insane they're influencers and they get pandered to and then the American girls who are in there, then the waiter who kind of plays a role again for them. And when he goes away and he's like, oh, like sick of doing this. Yeah. Whatever. So from the softer to the more extreme, there's a, firstly, you're seeing this representation of the negatives of people in there, but the staff have to play a role. And everyone in there is playing a role that they want don't want to be doing but secondly is bad is bad for them is toxic so for example the the kitchen staff the head chef the main character played by Stephen graham it's shown that he is a top chef he has risen up but the guy who's the celebrity chef he used to work for and has got the history with he's the one who's valued more in society because he's on television and he there's that comment he makes to him and they think and the celebrity chef says, oh, like you can have an average chef with a good team and make a great restaurant. And he, and he goes, oh, you can have a shit, re- a shit chef and have a good team and have a great restaurant. So d- implying that he's a good chef, but the guy who's a TV chef isn't. He's just got the fame behind him. And again, those people are pandering to those who society, modern society, deems to be more valuable. Um, but the other layer of that, so like I said um, straight away my initial reaction is that I think it is firstly just simply trying to give an insight into the hospitality industry and show that and that's quite fascinating but as a wider metaphor I think it's using that as well to represent society and roles within it how these people who we um, value in the modern era who whether it be the people saying their influence or the guy who's got clearly got money uh might be a wealthy businessman but he's racist but because he's got money then we have to pander to him and those 
in the the roles behind the curtain, so to speak, are the ones that have to play this role. But as we see as the as the film goes on, these roles are very toxic, both against the internally, but engaging with the public. And even though everybody knows what they're doing is toxic and they know the role they're playing is fabricated and wrong, they still let it out on each other. So, for example, the manager of the restaurant has that big argument with the sous chef. She goes off and cries, breaks down on the phone to her dad, who it's implied that he owns the restaurant and she's the manager of it, but then comes back and the waitress says to her, are you okay? Fine, get on with it. Everyone's covering for something because they believe there is something that you have to do. And without getting this too deep and going into like a big societal (laughs) rant and me saying that this is what capitalism does to people, I'm going to rein it slightly back in and go, I just really like how it's taken quite simply showing, okay, this is hospitality and the tension and toxicness within it, but look at this as a representation of society, the divide between these two areas, but what we have to do to pander to one side, and there's the tension between two areas, because, for example, sending the food back to the kitchen, there's that snobbishness of, like, you should do what I want. The customer's always right. She literally says that line. That means so much more than that. That really does mean so much more than that, and I think that's quite a powerful moment and a powerful line, but I think the film in that sense, does feel very much like a, uh, a filmatic representation of a play because the individual characters are very representative rather than the action itself. And I really liked that um, as, a, as an element for it. What I want to just put to you, Callum, is that we touched on at the beginning, but I think, as we've said there, there is quite a lot of representation going on and there's symbolism to those, to the the uh, staff and and the customers but do you want to speak a bit more about what you think about the mental health elements of it because i said there about like uh the toxic nature of the environment but as you said each character it shows they have different either struggles or different mindsets that are kind of conflicting with their role there what do you think what what's that doing within the film and like how does it tie in with the plot well like the whole the purpose of the movie is that like you're taken through this sort of performativity of sociality everyone's trying to be something that they think they should be and everyone's ignoring the issue really within the movie like the issue is that it's everyone's struggling but the people don't know how or well I don't necessarily don't know how to um talk to one another but they just haven't They've never, they haven't seen that each other's struggling because they're all so wrapped up in their own narcissism. Um, but also, they're in an environment that's been uh, materially fabricated where they can't exactly. communicate effectively. Again, exactly. Exactly. Moving on yeah. to that wider society representation. Well, yeah, no, indeed. I was literally just going to sort of say like a version of that in the sense that, like, you know, the whole the whole idea, like the chef, like Andy, Andy's, he is quite a narcissist, as is the other people within that within that movie they are you know they are controlling people's taste they are controlling people's experiences they are controlling how people make sense of this sort of this industry and they are in control but actually well well where at least we think they are and they think they are but actually they don't necessarily have a handle on it and it's with the bit when the, the young 
dessert maker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he's, keeps pulling his sleeves down. It transpires that he's been self-harming and stuff, and um, his mentor bursts out crying, um, and then he starts crying, and it's like, you know, we, we can't talk about this now, but we'll talk about it later. And it's yeah. like there is no space for humanity in that environment because the customer has to be served because it's like the the, the restaurant can't um, risk being given a bad review. The restaurant can't risk um, suffering because of its staff that are suffering. It's a very damning indictment of our of of the way we in, of of the way we control people and hospitality generally or the way we make sense or the way we understand people's emotions capital first emotion second sure. the two will not meet mm-hmm. only in the context of if you want to make more money will they meet if they if those two things conflict if the capital and the emotion conflicts they need to be kept separate and i think you know one thing that i think that's quite powerful about the um the three chefs is that Andy's trying to be a different chef to different people. There's the bit where he shouts at people, but then he reigns it back in and actually adds a bit of humanity to it. He says, no, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. But the system's kind of corrupted, made me do it, almost corrupted him almost, I guess. But then his assistant chefs, they cut through the bullshit. That that that's that that's the 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 sort of the the tension in the movie. It's the two opposing forces, the 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 opposites. It's like everyone else in the movie. There's everyone else in the in in the fabricated sort of uh, narcissist dungeon of the hospitality industry or that particular restaurant. There's all them people, and then there's the the assistant chef who just cuts through it. You need that because that's what gives the movie its it's critical edge the bit when she says as you said earlier the customer's always right um it means so much more and it's like expectation of what we expect this sort of obsession with like i deserve to have my steak cooked in a way that i think it should be cooked it's this challenging of someone who actually knows what they're doing it's like no i, I deserve to have it cooked in this particular way I deserve to have something that isn't on the menu because I'm paying money for it. I deserve to have this. I deserve to be served by this person. It's very much sort of me, me, me. And that is the problem with um, a consumer, a hyper sort of con- a hyper consumer society or a, or a society in which we chase experiences that we think that we want and you you try you you it'll never live up to the experience that you think you want but you will quite happily put the people who are providing that experience through hell to try and get your to elevate yourself to a level where you are having this sort of outer body experience almost it's a really really dark um film in that it respect. is dark it is dark when you, quite, when you, it's literally dark when you but say, it is dark when you say it out loud and you talk and you say that like the people in this movie represent the worst of society, except these are. This is society. <laughs> like, I'd rewarded. This is to be rewarded. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Well, what is say what is the loud, darkest dark. part? I think is, I mean, quite obviously the ending. But why is that the darkest part? When does he show the most humanity in the film? I think it's when. At the end, he's been pressured to throw the sous chef under the bus, and you think he's going to do it when he pulls that meeting together at the end and pulls him into the back kitchen. But actually, in the end, he goes, 
no, it was my fault. He he takes blame himself and doesn't pass the blame onto someone else. He holds his hands up. But then what happens after that? What reward does he get for his humanity? He dies, or at least it's implied that he dies. He he suffers as a yeah. result after his uh, moment of humanity, rather than it being suggested that um, the way that he succeeds and continues to go on with the restaurant is that he throws someone under the bus but he doesn't do that he takes the the more moral approach but his character suffers after that and i feel that is the dark message of the film which builds throughout like you said you see glimmers of humanity but they soon have to be put back in place due to the scenario and what it entails the the pressure of it all and then when he does finally almost give up at the end and trying to be someone else, he goes, no, it's my fault, tells the sous chef she can leave, accepts it, rather than trying to hold together this whole front, which, like you said, is for his own high-end restaurant, you can tell he's tried to put together, which is, in the end, a narcissistic pursuit. He suffers of the result of it, as if to say, look, those who pursue these narcissistic endeavours and play the system like that are the ones who succeed and are the ones who get to eat in the restaurant rather than work in it. And I think that's the dark conclusion of a dark film, which makes it even more uh, depressing when you finish it because you've had this tension built up all at the end and you've just been built up for a real fall. It's quite nihilistic, isn't it? It is. Like, in that respect, yeah. It is, it's very, it is. It's very nihilistic in its sort of, not, I mean, obviously in its sort of performance of society, but just the the performance of, 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 of sociality, how people interact with one another. It's like, yeah, this is take this is taking a really, really <laughs> dark, is, and depressing like um, episode. I a beer. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> well, if you take a few photos of it, then you might be able to get a free round if you put it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Blimey! But Blimey. Um, yeah, so just one other thing I was just going to add in there, but was this idea of, and it's just adding on to what I was saying about the identity and um, how it's showing these different things, but I think also it's just another, a little bit of a representation of work life and personal life and an extreme view of how these struggle to cross and how you should have a persona for your professional work life but when the personal bleeds into this these things don't go together and i think exactly the example you said with the pastry chefs is the prime example there they go we can't do this now because we are in work mode but there is this takes a quite negative and dark view on that because it shows the extremes of those things and you have to have your persona for money making but that persona can't let any emotion in unless it's in the pursuit of your money making or making your living and almost as if the hospitality arena is the ultimate theater where the dark elements of this play out and can't be covered up because it's such a raw performance all night like it is it feels like a theater every night in uh, in a, a restaurant you start the play, you have to act out these roles, but you just don't know which way it's going to go each night as there's more live pressure on it. Well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, like, I mean, obviously I said earlier about this idea of the, the hyper-masculine aspect, the idea of control, because you're controlling taste. 
But it is, it is it is interesting, isn't it? Because I have seen people in re- people in restaurants when they're ordering, they turn it. Supermarkets is the same. Whenever foods involve human beings, turn into absolute vultures. Like, I mean, how many? Like, when we go to like, ever go to a restaurant? It's like, oh, is the food good there? Or what are the portion? Like, you know what? My mate Michael, I went to visit him in Leon over the Easter holidays, and he summed it up perfectly. We went to a Paul Bacuse restaurant. Beautiful. I had creamed potatoes, rare steak, wine, creme brulee. It was all delightful. In Britain, you say you go into one of those places, I can guarantee the biggest thing they'll say, or what the majority, I'm generalizing here, but what the majority may say, small portion size is that, isn't it? Yeah. What's the, what are the portion sizes like? Whereas in France, it's completely different. When the waitress came over, she explained what the food tastes like, where it was from, what it meant. In this blooming country, it's portion sizes. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's I like, but, but it's like, that's the thing, though, isn't it? It's like the the people in that restaurant, or the people that the, the, the Boiling Point sort of represents, it's like, that is the worst of society, because it's like, they are the... It's like, you, you put food into the equation, it's like you are... I am paying you to control my taste buds and I'm going to tell you what my taste buds like and you should cook it exactly how I want it to be made because I'm paying you money to do this. Screw what, how it's, how it's actually, what it's put out. Screw experimentation or screw sort of artistic endeavor with food or screw just enjoying food for the sake of enjoying food. No, you are controlling my taste buds because I'm paying you to do so. The assumption of absolute control because you're the one uh, partying with, with money. Well, there's, there's there's the pie with money as well, but though historically, um, food has always been seen as a a sort of uh, a, 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 we- a weapon of the people. I mean, there's the famous um, God, I, I, I knew I, I tried not to mention this. The uh, <laughs> there's the famous Emile Zola novel, The Belly of Paris. Um, <laughs> <laughs> talking about <laughs> talking about the it's talking about the uh, the how beautiful the food looks in these Parisian food markets, and it's like. It talks about the, the 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 divide that exists in society where the poor can't afford to buy these this lovely food, but the rich can, and it's like, you know, the belly of Paris. These this is the people or the people of Paris are are being fed with all these things, and it's like historically the symbolism of food has always been a a sort of an interesting mechanism by which to interpret a society, and unfortunately. In England, people are surrogates of American burger chains. Right. Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. Know you. What I mean? I'm going to draw a line there because we could absolutely get well out of Andy, but we could, um, we could, yeah, we could. I think that has taken us on a path where, again, the joy <laughs> of these conversations and the beautiful thing about the Glass A Film Club is that we start with a film, a shared experience there, to not just discuss literally what we've seen, but the journey it takes us on and the, and the thought process it gives well, to us. That. Yeah. And that is absolutely what I love so much about films, is that it gives you a spark of something, an idea to, to run with. And this is why we do it, Callum. This is why we do it. But before we yeah. leave everybody, let's wrap up with our closing thoughts on the film. I will reiterate what I said at the start. I love the tension it builds. And I do absolutely think the one-shot technique is executed very well, but very well used because 
well, alongside the script in this film. It's dark, it is depressing, but I like the symbolism it does. And it also feels real. There feels like a different style to this film. We didn't really go into this, but we did chat earlier, Callum, about how it felt like um, an indie film that had been given a bit more of a budget and there was a good concept to it. I could have seen it as like a short film that's been developed, and maybe it was, but it had that theatrical element to it, and I liked that, very character-focused. Um and I think both the combination of that tension building in the small space, just keep moving around and seeing that, but also how it uses the characters to depict something just quite genuine and, and realistic, but to use that as a, a bigger representation of modern society, I thought was really good. Okay, the limitations, there's only so much you can, I think you can do within that space and also... It, it wasn't like there was loads of powerful performances in it. I think the characters were good, but again, it did feel a little bit like it could have been uh, oh, theatrical. Oh, I get, I like the point of all of this, but not necessarily like the powerful performance that you're hoping for. But liked it, good, eight out of ten. Callum, what do you think? Yeah, I liked the sweeping cinema, the cinematographic shot. It was. Um... You felt as though, like I said earlier, you are a, you were a participant in the chaos. You felt exhausted afterwards, and it's I wouldn't necessarily be in a rush to watch it again purely for that reason. I'm not saying that's because it's a bad film by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I just wouldn't be in a rush to watch it again because of the 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 you 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 feel exhausted after watching it. Um, I'm gonna give it eight out of ten of eight out of ten as well. Um, I think I don't know whether this was sort of stylistically, um, and I don't. But then again, could they have done it anyway? I was going to say maybe make it a little bit, maybe uh, delve a little bit more into in, into those mental health problems that exist within the characters, but then I've, could they have done that anyway? Because the point of the movie was to kind of showcase that they couldn't actually engage with those mental health problems. So um, because of the, the the nature of the environment that they are in, um, adding that sense of realism to it. So maybe they couldn't have done that. But um, I think in terms of sort of like, stylistically i really liked the one shot and for me that's that's what gives it its its power um i thought stephen graham was brilliant i thought he was really good um just his his persona in the movie was good um i liked it eight out of ten thank you very much callum sorry and there we have it another review on the glacé film club podcast that was boiling point we uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as well. But that's all for this episode. We will, of course, be back very soon with another review, diving into all sorts of different films, old and new, crossing all the genres. But we hope you keep enjoying films. In the meantime, we'll be watching plenty of stuff, digging out once a review for you. But thank you, Callum, once again for joining me. Check out the back catalogue, everyone, if you've not listened to them. If you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll be thankful to you forever as we keep on taking those charts by storm. But it's not about that, Callum, is it? We do it for the Never. love of it. We love films here at the Glass A Film Club podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you again very soon. See you later.